Gascast, a Bristol Rovers fans podcast. Hello and welcome to Gascast. I'm Tom Metcalf. Uh, this is the build up for the Sunderland game on Saturday. Pleased to say that I'm joined by Graham from the Roker Report. Hey mate, how are you doing? Are you well? Yeah, very well. You? Yeah, man. Just on the back of three points. Feels like it's been a while, so I'm all right. Buzzing. Before we get into the football stuff, uh, I actually wanted to pick your brains about the Sunderland documentary. I'm sure everyone's been asking you about it. I wanted to get your your views on it. Yeah, we're famous in the worst possible way. Um, yeah, I, I loved it, if I'm honest with you. Um, I was talking about it not long ago. Um, I'm just off the back of chatting to one of our, our former youth team players, Andy Nelson, who's just been uh, banging in goals for Dundee at the minute. Um, I was asking him about it, and he was saying, like, it's not... It, it paints some people in a pretty bad light, and they're not that like they weren't that bad. But he was what he said is is what I took from it. When you watch it, I think if you're not a Sunderland fan, you get a feel of what being a Sunderland fan is and what it means to the the city and the community. When we, I think it's quite easy to bang the drum for the team you support. And living in, I live in Glasgow, so I'm amongst two giant clubs in Celtic and, and Rangers. And a lot of the time, you, you get like belittled a little bit um, being Sunderland, and you like you, you don't realise the the size of us as a club. And I think what's quite nice is you got people from as far flung as like America being like, "I love this team," and when I like whenever I love the show and I love that I want to see a team do well based off it. Sorry, um, I've got friends in in Berlin because um, I go to see Hertha play now and again because well, German football is from a fan's perspective is so much better than anywhere anywhere else. Um, and it was quite nice to go over there. And when they say like, "Oh, you know, what's your team?" Like, I can be like, "Well, have you got Netflix?" And I can give them basically a few solid hours of good TV, but also an understanding of my football club inside out from a, what feels like a fan's perspective. Yeah, I watched it. Um, I absolutely loved it as well. Um, but I watched it with my missus, and she got well into it because. It wasn't too kind of football heavy. It was all kind of mostly based on the kind of characters behind the scenes. And you got to see a bit more of a human side to the players, which was awesome. Um, you also got to see um, Rodwell being an absolute uh, well, player. But... <laughs> yes, uh, Rod- Rodwell's not particularly well liked here. Um, there's that, it's that comment, isn't it, when they ask him if he's playing and he says, no chance, mate. I'd love to know the context. Mm. Love to know the context of was he injured and he's he's comp- and he's just like no chance, mate, because I'm I'm so badly injured, or was he just like no, I'm quite happy to pick up my seventy grand a week as it was and um, setting my ass in the championship. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jack Rodwell, and that didn't that painted him in the light that I kind of expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to come across well if you're quite happy just to sit there and take money off a club that's struggling. No. Um. No. There's a second series coming out. Have I heard that right? Um, the filming one. The filming a second series. Um, from what I believe, they are waiting for Netflix to pick it up. It's quite easy for us to see the success of it because I speak football and, and live and breathe it, and, and most of us do, and I'm sure you do yourself. Um, but I don't know how well it's done on the grand scheme of things. I imagine it's done pretty well. So, I, from my from my perspective, I think if they don't pick up the second series after the whole basically rejuvenation of the football club and the community, then they're kind of missing the trick. Yeah, definitely, because it was meant to be the uh, Phoenix from the Ashes story, wasn't it? And uh, didn't quite go like that. (laughs) Didn't go as we planned, I don't (laughs) think. 
Cool. Uh, so if we go on to the football then, like you said, um, good three points for you last night. Um, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, so you guys beat Gillingham at home. Um, did us a favour, really, because they're, they're kind of struggling with us and we returned it. We managed to grab a draw against Portsmouth, uh, which I believe uh, pushed you guys up into third. Yeah, we did each other a favour. Yeah, which is always <laughs> nice. Yeah, makes these things a lot friendlier. Um, it does. <laughs> Looking at your last five, you've won two, drawn three. Um, you think that's going kind of pretty well for you guys? Uh, to be honest, up until yesterday, there was a bit of... I mean, I'll probably get shot for saying this, but like, there's there's no middle ground being a Sunderland fan. You're either a happy clapper or you're a, a negative Nancy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually quite in the middle with stuff. Um, I think there's definitely stuff that Jack Ross has to be questioned on, and I definitely don't think he's found his his best eleven or a settled side yet. And we're in February. I think he needs to be criticised for that, definitely. Um, but but am I massively worried when we've lost two games all season? N- nah, not really. Um, I still think we've got a good chance of getting automatic promotion. And, and although I'd like to be ahead of the game. I think it's very easy to look at Sunderland and say, well, big wage bill, big budget and all this stuff. And, and I, I don't really buy into that that much. Like if you look at a lot of our team and our players, the league one standard, there's one or two that maybe are on a higher wage, Catamore. But Catamore's on a wage that he earned about five years ago. He's not the player he was five years ago. God, he's far from it. Um, McGeady, yeah, McGeady's probably above this level and McGeady's, probably our best player I think um, but I think there was such a huge turnaround in and not just playing staff and management chairman like there was such a huge cancer in the club for want of a, a better word um, and that needed to be removed and there's still parts of it that probably are being removed uh, I think when you look at the job he's done, yes. Could he be doing better? Yeah, yeah, I think he could. Um, I think we've signed a couple of duds. Charlie White is... I don't see him ever turning into anything special. But I think I would have liked to have more wins and I'm not 100% confident of what might promotion, but I'm I'm not depressed either. I'm actually... I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm an anomaly for a Summon fan, <laughs> to be honest. Do you think um, if you did uh, make playoffs instead of automatics you, how do you think you'd do against the teams that are likely to be to be in there I think we'd get to, get to the final then we play Charlton then we draw 4-4 and then we get beat 7-6 on penalties and it'll be 1998 all over again and I'll cry just like I did when I was 11 um, so yeah no playoffs please <laughs> no thanks um, so you, you kind of mentioned a few names there um Catmull and McGeady, any other kind of danger men um, that we need to look out for on Saturday? Well, my, my favourite player all season has been Chris Maguire. Um, Chris Maguire was actually out of the team for quite a bit um, f- for whatever reason. And then he came on against Accrington and he, his first touch was across and we got a goal from that. And we scored like five minutes later. I'd say Chris Maguire, but the problem is he picked up a knock last night and I'm, I'm hearing rumours it's a pretty bad one. Um, I don't know how bad, I don't know, if, but I don't think he'd be playing Saturday. Uh, so I can't really say Maguire. So you're probably looking at a, 
an 11 of McLaughlin's probably going to go and go. Luko 9 is it's currently our makeshift right back, but he's he's been great. He's 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 um he won two penalties last night. He's a really lovable lovable kid and he's he's everything that we haven't had for about five seasons. Like he just loves playing for Sunderland and he just loves playing football and he's he's always on the social media replying to fans and stuff like that. And we're, we're not really used to that. So he's like the cult hero, but he's actually a pretty handy player as well. Um, he plays at right back and he's never played at right back basically ever, I don't think. I think he said in an interview when Jack Ross said, you know, have you played right back? He said, yeah, 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 on FIFA. Um, and that was, that's kind of Luke on nine to a T. Um, so I think he'll keep his place. Then your defence is where we're really ropey. Uh, we've signed a guy from Burnley, Jimmy Dunn, and he just really hasn't impressed. He's a, I hope he proves me wrong and God, I hope he's not listening, but he's like, a, he's a bit of a cart horse. He, he's, he's, turning like he's in treacle um baldwin's been very poor but baldwin was dropped yesterday um so you'll probably see flanagan and dunn he seems to prefer uh flanagan is probably the best of the three then your left back is going to be reese james reese james is a six out of ten player he's never amazing although he was actually quite good last night but he's never that bad um and then you're sitting two would be Catamol and probably Ledbetter. Ledbetter, I'll point out, has been really good. Um, obviously, you're a turning local lad. Um, whilst he sits a bit deeper than he used to when he was here when he was 2021, 20, we hadn't scored a goal from a set piece until he arrived, and we've scored four in four now, um, all coming from his boots. So definitely Ledbetter from set pieces is definitely a danger, especially recently. And then you're probably going to have a front three of, I would probably imagine Lyndon Gooch, who's been off colour for months, but is a danger man on his day, like a, a big danger man. I think he's got seven goals this season, six assists, and he was a brilliant start of the season. Naturally, he's tailed off a little bit. Aidan McGeady is our best player. Um, people might disagree with me, but no, I think I love Aidan McGeady. Um, Honeyman's probably going to be pushed further forward. George Honeyman is a Marmite player. I personally, if I liked Marmite, then I would be in the camp of liking him a lot. I, oh, I do like him a lot. Um, I like George Hamney an awful lot. And up front, you're going to have the man who hopefully is, um, hopefully his first goal last night will mean he's on fire a little bit more often because I've been dying to sing that song. Um, <laughs> will Greg. So there's the full 11 for you. How yeah. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Greg, uh, I think, he scored a penalty last night, didn't he? Someone gave it to him for his his first goal. Is that right? Yeah, McGeady gave it to him. Um, I think from the outside looking in with Will Grigg, a lot of people have probably looked at that miss he had against Blackpool where he rounded the goalkeeper and like put it in the side net. And horrific, horrific miss. But to be honest with you, Will Grigg, I'm not too worried about. He's, he's movement at this level looks great and he's been getting two chances every game. Now he's got a goal. He, he should be fine. Yeah, so... I- kind of was thinking about this before Greg kind of feels to me like a little bit of a championship ready signing. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that criticize and don't get me wrong. I haven't watched Will Greg relentlessly um, throughout his, his career, but I think there's a lot of people have said that when he gets to the championship, he doesn't really do it. But if you look at how many games he plays in the championship, when he gets there compared to how many goals he scores, it's like, I think this season was like four in 10. That's, that's pretty good. Um, It's, it's not the worst. Far from the worst, um, maybe it's just a case of a lot of managers when they go further up feel a, a, a different a need, a need to change how he plays. And I think when he went up with MK Dons, 
with all due respect to them, actually, no, no respect to them whatsoever. They're a franchise. Um, they they would have been a team that would play in the back foot. Um, Will Griggs not going to be the focal point of that team so much. He's going to be the guy you're going to hope he's got enough quality to bang some goals in. And Wigan, are, Wigan have vastly changed from what they were seven, eight years ago. I think respectfully with Sunderland, the way Jack Ross plays, if we do go up, which is a big if, there's a lot of hard work to do, um, I think would be more on the front foot. And I think that'll give probably Will Grigg a few more chances. I, I think if you can put the ball in the back of the net, you can do it at any level. I, I go back to Kevin Phillips now, 20 years ago, 35 goals in the uh, what was then Nationwide League One. Crikey, I feel old. Um, and then went up to the Premiership and scored 30 goals and did so pretty much consistently. If you can score goals pretty much, you can do it at any level. Yeah. To an extent. I don't think he's a Premiership striker for the record. <laughs> Before there are a lot of players you think could straight away make the step up. I think McGeady probably. Yep, Aidan McGeady, I would say. If we're going through the the 11 that I just went through, John McLaughlin, definitely. Uh, I think he's the best goalkeeper in the league, far and wide. Um, and I don't like saying I dread to think where we would be without John McLaughlin because he's our goalkeeper. We pay him to be the goalkeeper, so we are not without him. We're with him. He's part of the team. Um, but I, I think we be a little bit more out of touch without him because he's really saved us this season um, a lot of times. McLaughlin will make the step up, no problem. I, I get the feeling Luke O'Nine would. Um, Adam Matthews, who's currently not in the team. Uh, I actually really like Adam Matthews. I think he's definitely championship standard. Uh, Brian Oviedo, but I very much doubt Brian Oviedo will be around. He very nearly left in January. Um, definitely not Lee Catmull. Definitely not Lee Campbell. He had a great game last night, but his legs have just have gone too much and he was horrific last season in the championship. Ledbetter could probably make the step up. Um, I'm going to say Chris McGuire just because I really like him, but I don't know if I'm telling you the truth on that. I just really like Chris McGuire. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a similar thing with Stuart Sinclair. He's, he's, abs- he's my absolute hero, but he's probably not League One standard. And I, I hate to say it, it really pains me to say it. But um, yeah, once you once you kind of love a player, that's it. Sunshine's yeah. out of their arse, they can do no wrong kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris McGuire does no wrong in my eyes. The sun has shone out of his arse since pretty much a steam in pre-season against St. Murray. I just love him. I just hope his injury's not too bad. Um. Going on to January, um, obviously Greg in, um, but Madge out was a big, big one for you guys. Huge, yeah. Um, Josh Madge is really good. Uh, he's a really good player, and he surprised me actually because last season we had him and Joel Asoro were like the young strikers coming through. He scored on his debut, but never scored again. And when he used to play, I, I thought he was just a bit weak. When he played, and I was like, oh, like, and going into League One, I was like, we can't just go into the season with just with just Josh Madger. He's just not good enough. Um, he might get four or five goals, and then he just he hit the ground running. And then I don't know where this kind of level of confidence came from him, but if he got a chance, it just went straight in the back of the net. But his first touch was at this level; it was just breathtaking. He was brilliant. Um, I think he scored the goal. I think he got the winner against you at the stadium. Yeah. And just that, like, two-touch, like, he just doesn't need too many opportunities. Do I think he's made the right move going to Bordeaux? No, I don't. Um, I understand why he's done it, because we all like money. Um, And he probably wants to test himself as well, I think. Um, And I think there's a lot of people saying, why would you go to Bordeaux? 
you're not going to get a game. Well, he started tonight. He started on the bench against, I think he was on the bench against PSG. So he's getting in and around the squad. But a 21-year-old kid that scored 16 goals is not going to go, oh, well, I'm probably not going to be good enough for them. He's going to think he's good enough and he's going to want to test himself. So I understand why he's gone. Um, do I think he will be a Premier League or League One striker? No, I think he's a. I think he'll be a solid championship striker, but he's... He's, he could prove me wrong. He's, he's got a lot of quality. That was that was a big loss. And um, but I think you know, fair play at the chairman bringing in Will Grigg and probably overpaying for him just to make sure that we've got someone who can stick the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes sense if you're going to lose a talent like that. Bring yeah. someone in who's proven better, probably. Yeah, on on paper and and on his record, I think start the season you would have you would have killed for someone like Will Grigg. At, uh, I think it's just a case of Josh Maggio was one of those ones that stepped up to the plate and did really, really well. But we didn't lose anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always good. Um, yeah. You guys uh, have travelled well, like really well this season. I saw that, I think, against uh, Blackpool, it was something like 8,000, was it? Yeah, we, we had like 8,000 and just over or something like that. I mean, fair play to Blackpool, not turning up to that chairman's football club at the moment because I think we all know what the Oysters are like. I completely understand that. But um but yeah if you give us eight thousand tickets we're gonna take them, especially Blackpool on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I think um I think your allocation at the moment is something like fifteen hundred. It's not massive. It's not a massive ground anyway, so it only holds just under twelve. So Yeah we've we've sold out I think. I think um I, I actually had a ticket for it but like I said I live in Glasgow and Trust me, of all of all the games to get through the season, Bristol is the biggest arse on that I've ever seen in my life. And I think it was going to cost me like a train. And we all know train prices, especially yeah. if you're from the north, um, or like extortionate. Um, so I had to unfortunately give my ticket away, but I think we're sold out. Yeah. Yeah, it should be good. should be good atmosphere. Um, especially seeing from that, from the Netflix documentary more so than um, kind of seeing in person um, how passionate the fans are. Is absolutely incredible. So it should be, should be one that Gasheads are well up for, and um, you guys are well up for as well. Um, yes, I was wondering if I could pick your brains for a score prediction. Of course, you can. Um, so I watched Bristol Rovers at the start. Of this well, not the start of the season when you just lost uh, Daryl Clark, and I actually thought you were quite handy. Um, but then you look at the league position and you go, "All right." Um, Mm, we our defense is poor, um, and you've got. I mean, your goal up here was a header, so you probably do some a header again. But we, it depends which something turn up. We can blow teams away in ten minutes and score like three, four goals. Um, if you score first, I wouldn't fancy that. But if we score first, we tend to sit back sometimes. Hopefully, the win on Tuesday yesterday means that we come out and batter you but I'm going to say you know we haven't had a 1-0 for a while let's one go 1-0 yeah let's go 1 let's go 1-0 we haven't had a we haven't had a clean sheet for a while and we haven't had a 1-0 win for a while so so why not let's go for it I'm, I'm going to go the exact opposite and go 1-0 Rovers I think I think we're just about edge it I think we're just getting into a bit of confidence now our home form's been pretty poor to be honest um, most of our points recently have come from away games so yeah, I, I fancy us to get one. The boys will be up for it. It's a big game. It's a massive game for us. So 
Yeah, fancy that. Here's a question um, for you. Yeah. <laughs> would would you prefer to win on Saturday or win in the semi-final of the checker trade? See, this is a lovely segue into the checker trade. Um, yeah. I'd much rather have the points in the league um, for two reasons. I think safety is bigger than a Wembley Cup final for me, mm-hmm. personally. And also, I am currently boycotting the checker trade until the, um, the under-23s are out. But I know you guys aren't really at all involved in the boycott it doesn't seem like um doesn't seem like you're really fussed about it i mean i've got my opinions on it um it, it, it conjured up one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to us which was playing newcastle in the 21s which is like as soon as you seen they were like getting oh as soon as you knew that we were in it, it you may as well have just like made us play each other because you knew it was coming you knew like Sunderland versus Newcastle under 21 was coming and we had the Man City under 21s as well um yeah I don't I think the under 21s idea is absolutely ridiculous but um I also really want to have a day at Wembley um when we went in 2013 2013 2014 actually I think yeah it was 2014 um we had a great day unfortunately didn't win and obviously it was a much bigger competition with much more meaning behind it um, but yeah, I I, I want to see my team win stuff, and if we're in it, I want to win it. Um, but w- with with the boycott, yeah, not really. Uh, I think we've had like crowds of like seventeen to twenty thousand for like the home games. But you could say we're, we're doing really well at boycotting it without actually trying because we're knocking on the all the under twenty one teams out of it. So <laughs> maybe we're doing the the boycott in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like until an under-21 team gets into the final and you've got, like, one half of the stadium with, like, 10,000, 20,000 fans and then the other one with, you know, 500 fans with, like, you know, the, the uh, players' families and stuff. Yeah. It's not really going to show up. I think um, I think the EFL have been holding up the Wembley attendances as a, oh, this is a success. But it's just it just happened that the kind yeah. of bigger teams are, well, obviously the bigger teams are going to get to the final, but teams that haven't been to Wembley for a while, especially like Coventry, for example, they took tons. Like 40,000 or something they took, didn't they? Yeah. It, and yeah, I just feel like if you guys got there, you'd take tons. I kind of feel like Rovers would probably take quite a few as well, unfortunately. It's it's, it's a horrible it's one. Tough. Until, it's really tough. Yeah. Like, until, until, I'd much rather we didn't have under 21 teams in it. If you'd said to me, would I be more excited if we'd beaten Berry and we'd beaten Bristol City in like the third round and second round or whatever? Well, would be Bristol, wouldn't be Bristol City, of course. But you, you get my point. Yeah. Um, rather than like beating Newcastle under twenty ones and City under twenty ones, I'm a bit more excited now that we have Bristol Rovers and either like I think it's Berry or Portsmouth in the final. Hopefully, Berry. No offense to Berry. Um, but hopefully very because we'll get more tickets. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe because we've been so starved of like joy for so long. Maybe we just want to see us win anything, <laughs> which would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see it that way. There's a lot of people who are the same with Rovers. They're just like, Rovers are playing, I'm going to support them like, no matter what. And you can't really knock that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you can't. And, and Sunderland are very much like that. Very, the, the Blackpool away game, do we agree with what the Oysters are doing? No, not at all. Do we want to see Sunderland play? Do we have 8,000 tickets available? Yeah. Are we going to go see our team play? Yeah. 
Check a trade trophy. Do we agree then the 21 teams being in it? No. Do we want to see someone win? Yep. Um, it's just, it's just, it's pure, it's pure unadulterated love for the club, and and that's basically all it is. It's not that we don't sympathise with the boycott. I think I, I would, I would agree with you on it. I think it's ridiculous having under twenty one teams in. I mean, I do the extra podcast, which you're going to be on with me soon. Going to reverse the rules, and me having to find a Manchester City under twenty one fan was just ridiculous. I found one, like, but, oh really? <laughs> yeah dedicated to Man City Reserves and youth team, and he knew them inside out. But he, um, their viewpoint on the trophy was very different to, say, mine and yours. Their view is that it's it's better than them going out on loan because they'll learn how to play in a Guardiola team and stuff like that. Me, personally, I've seen his point, but I didn't agree with it. If, if you want to be a good footballer, it's not just the physical side of things, it's the mental side of things. Go to a League 1 team, go to a League 2 team, but go on loan and get kick, get kicked up a height a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that'll make you a bit physically stronger and mentally stronger as a person. I don't think putting an under-21 team against Rochdale is going to make them any better because they can play in triangles. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we could go on and on, but I think we've uh, just about hit time for that one. So um, I'll just say thank you. And uh, to listeners, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this one, uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're obviously on Twitter and Facebook. And up the gas. Gascast, a Bristol Rovers fans podcast.